All right. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. West Rucker, Ryan Callahan, Grant Ramey coming to you here with a breaking news edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Uh, these are not always good news, but usually good news. And uh, in this case, it is very, very much good news for Tennessee. I guess I'll go ahead and go to Ryan first. Ryan, why are we bringing these people a breaking news podcast? Yeah, you know, things slowed down for a few weeks. Uh, Tennessee gave us a little bit of a break, but, um, you know, right back into the swing of things here with the, the commitment train picking up some steam again. Tennessee getting uh, one of its top in-state targets, four-star tight end Hudson Wolf of Hardin County High School in Savannah, Tennessee, picking the Vols really over Ohio State. Um, it kind of came down to those two teams in the end, I think, with Ole Miss kind of being the, the third main contender, I believe. But uh, Alabama and Georgia also were among his five finalists, and, and Tennessee did not definitely did not always lead in this recruitment. This is one where I think they kind of made sort of a late comeback to, to be able to beat out Ohio state down the stretch and add a, a another of its top tight end targets to the, to the 2021 class. So really impressive win for Tennessee and a, and a much needed pickup, I think in state in a year where this is not, you know, obviously not going to be a huge in-state class for Tennessee. It looks like this year, but, but certainly uh, this is one of the guys they really wanted to get in state. Uh, so, so to be able to go, over to West Tennessee and, and sort of come from behind to win this battle, a, a pretty big deal for Tennessee. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, Grant, when, when you look at this, this kid, um, you know, different analysts have different projections of him. I mean, I'm not even sure there's 100% certainty that everyone believes he'll be um, a tight end and maybe not an offensive tackle at some point. But the bottom line is Ohio State has the number one class in the country. Tennessee's got the number two, number three class in the country. These are arguably the two best recruiting classes in the country right now. And both of them had firm, committable offers for this kid and badly wanted him. So clearly this kid can play, I guess. Yeah, I think you're in good company uh, anytime you're competing with Ohio State for a prospect uh, based on their past results and, and what they look like right now in terms of this 2021 class. But, I mean, with Hudson being an in-state prospect, I mean, being 6'6", 240 at tight end, I don't think he blows you away with his athletic ability. Uh, but what kind of really jumps out is just kind of how kind of he's a pretty much a kind of complete package uh, at Italian in terms of route running ability, uh, soft hands, uh, able to block. Uh, you can move him around, uh, attach to the line, flex him out uh, in the slot, whatever. Uh, I think he can do it for you. And, and when you're competing with, you know, the, the schools that are in his final five or were in his final five, the Ohio States, the Georgias, the Alabamas, uh, when they all want this kind of prospect, I think that tells you, what kind of football player he is, and he adds to Tennessee's uh, what's going to be one of the better tight end classes uh, in the country based on all these big bodies that they're putting together. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about that. This is obviously not the, the first tight end Tennessee has taken in this class, assuming the young man stays at tight end, which he very much wants to do, uh, as I understand it anyway. Um, sort of how does he fit into this class with the rest of the, 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 the tight end hall there? Yeah, I, I, obviously, you know, we, we don't know for sure how many – tight ends Tennessee ultimately what we'll have in this class because you've got some movable pieces there um you know they just got Trinity Bell from Alabama uh last month and uh also Miles Campbell from from the Atlanta area so you've got a couple other guys there I think Campbell definitely projects as a tight end we've talked before about Trinity Bell being sort of that versatile guy who could play really on either side of the ball you know defensive line certainly has a high ceiling there where you could see him moving to defense but I think he at least you know, might get his first look at tight end. 
And then, uh, and then you've even got a couple bigger bodied receivers in this class, particularly Julian Nixon, that you never know how they might develop. And, and, you know, it's not off the table, I guess, that he could develop into a tight end. So I, I think realistically, you've got to look at it like Tennessee's only got two or three tight ends in this class. And I don't think they're going to end up with more than that, but you do have some options there uh, that, that are, that are nice to have, especially when Tennessee needs some real help at that position. You know, I, if there was ever a year to maybe have three tight ends in one class, I think you can make an argument for this to be the year because you, you still didn't truly replace Dominic Wood Anderson after last season. You didn't have a true tight end in your 2020 class. And you, you've got Austin Pope leaving after this season and some guys on the current roster that haven't played a whole lot. So I think there's a need for some some immediate influx of talent and uh, and to, to get a few guys like this that can play that, that position, really help you in run blocking, especially with bigger guys like Bell and, and Wolf. Uh, and Wolf really, like like Grant said, kind of a complete package that can do a little bit of everything. Uh, I, I think it's a nice variety you've got there when you throw in a guy like Miles Campbell, who's sort of that athletic tight end that can really be a weapon in the passing game. They've got a little bit uh, of all three kind of types of tight ends you'd want, uh, more blocking, more balanced, and more more pass catching. Yeah, Grant, one um, one comp that I've seen for, for this young man, and I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think it was Barton Simmons who said uh, he saw a little Brian Vogler in him maybe, uh, and if he ends up being that kind of a player, um, if he can do for Tennessee uh, what a guy like Vogler did for Alabama, that's a valuable guy to have on your roster. Yeah, for sure. And I think Tennessee, uh, kind of like Ryan pointed to, you need that uh, production at tight end. You need that. I don't even think they really uh, got what they wanted out of Dominic Wood Anderson over the years. I mean, in terms of what they thought they were getting in him, what kind of he, what could he bring? I think that that tight end spot has kind of always the last couple of years at least been missing a little bit in terms of um, what, what kind of personnel can you get there and what kind of production can you get out of them? Uh, and when you have a Hudson Wolf in this class, when you have a Miles Campbell in this class, uh, the options are there. Uh, and I think this guy, I mean, Hudson at 6'6", 240, I mean, you can't teach size. Uh, you know, you can work on route running, you can work on hands, you can do all that stuff. But at 6'6", 240, uh, he starts off at, right out of the gate at the size you want to play that position uh, to do multiple things. And if he can be as productive as some of the guys that he's compared to, uh, he'll be a really nice gift for Tennessee. Yeah, Ryan, that, that's sort of a – sort of a spin on the question I was going to ask you. So I'll try to maybe blend that question and, and, and kind of dovetail off what Grant just said. When, when you look at the average size of a tight end, you know, uh, that, that comes into the college level, I think you see a, a pretty wide range of guys. I mean, you might see guys who kind of look like wide receivers when they get there and then they blow up, you, you know, you kind of get some guys who are already kind of about the size you want them to be, just want to firm them up a little bit. Um, you can really kind of get all kinds of different tight end types, right? I mean, you're because you're, you're trying to project, and I think that may be why this is such a difficult position to project because you need a guy who can do so many things. You have to be uh, pretty smart first off, because other than quarterback, there's probably not a more complex position to learn. Um, you got to be able to block, you got to be able to run, you got to be able to protect. There's so many athletic traits that you have to try to project there that I think different staffs maybe take different approaches to trying to find guys who fit that projection because guys, their bodies change so much when they're in college anyway. So how, how do you, what do you see in terms of what most college coaches want versus what maybe this staff wants? Yeah, I think you have to look no further than the previous staff at Tennessee to sort of see an example of that. Uh, I think you saw Butch Jones' staff often take uh, sort of the the more athletic tight ends, guys that were sometimes not even as tall, sometimes in the 6'2 to 6'4 range, 
more so than the six six types. Uh, but you know, James Brown comes to mind. Guys like that that they they thought were going to be real weapons in the passing game. Uh, and and sometimes those guys don't develop physically the way you you think they might. Sometimes they end up staying about the same weight and, and having trouble adding much. And then sometimes they do like Austin Pope. He's a guy that came in as kind of one of those pass catching tight ends, and he's he's blown up a little bit physically and become more of that true run blocker uh, type that that can help you some in the passing game. But it, but that's probably not his strong suit at this point. He, he's he's developed into a pretty good blocker. So uh, you just never know at that position how guys are going to fill out physically sometimes, and uh, especially the bigger the frame, the, the the more uncertainty there is there. So I, yeah, I think Wolf is Wolf is more what this staff I think tends to look for because he probably projects as that traditional inline tight end, already being 240 pounds. It won't take much for him to be in that 250 to 260 range in college, and I think that's kind of where he he probably projects best as kind of that that tight end who can do a little bit of everything, but probably does well with his hand on the ground on the line of scrimmage, more that traditional tight end, uh, and maybe not flexing out and, and lining up in the slot quite as much. We got a lot more to discuss here with uh, Tennessee's newest commitment, Hudson Wolf, and and what he kind of means for Tennessee at the tight end position, what he means for this class, uh, in-state prospects uh, for this class at Tennessee's building. Uh, kind of interesting that Tennessee's building such an elite class without much of an in-state base to build it on, which is sort of a different thing that you don't see all that often. So we got plenty to discuss, and we're going to come back, and we're going to do that. Before that, we are going to uh, pay some bills, products, services, in-house ads, and all those other fun things. Hashtag ad. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. Wes Rucker, Ryan Callahan, and Grant Ramey coming to you uh, from parts unknown here, parts across the greater Knoxville area, uh, I should say. Uh, talking about Tennessee's newest commitment, Hudson Wolf, a uh, four-star tight end uh, from West Tennessee. Uh, and, and I guess I'll, I'll go, Ryan, since I had you last, I'll, I'll go ahead and go to Ramey with this one first. Grant, how sort of unusual is it that because normally when you look at Tennessee's classes I think historically when they've been at or near the top of the country a a lot of times you've seen a pretty decent in-state base there you know Butch Jones that big class he got Um, we've seen some others that Tennessee's done in the former era Uh, how unusual that Tennessee's done this with this being just the the third in-state guy yeah that's kind of a 
what I was thinking about earlier, it feels like they've kind of taken this one off because they didn't even have to leave the state to go get this kid. They, they, it was an yeah. in-state prospect after this whole COVID-19, whatever recruiting run they've been on this, during this shutdown where they've gone to Georgia to get guys. They've gone to Florida to get guys. They've gone to uh, Alabama to get a really good player in Dylan Brooks. I mean, they've gone to all these other border states, SEC states to take prospects and add to this class. And now finally uh, they're getting a guy from Tennessee. And it's not only, it's not just a guy, it's a highly coveted, uh, recruit that obviously a lot of other, these other big schools uh, have been after for a while um, and to go and get him uh, and to add him to this class and to, to mark off that or kind of check off that box of, of getting one of your, you know, one of the, I guess one of the highest players you have on your board in state. Uh, it's unusual how they've built it, but I mean, everything about the last, what, three months now uh, has been unusual, but they've had recruiting success and, and this is a different kind of success. Uh, getting this in-state guy, uh, and it's a good one. Brian, you know, you look at it like this, and, and we've tried to explain this to people for a long time. Tennessee, the size of the state or, or the geography of the state, uh, is sort of unusual in, in that the, the length of it and, and some of the prospects where they come from. What I'm trying to say here is if you want to go from Knoxville, Tennessee, to this young man's hometown, uh, Savannah, Tennessee, you're talking, what, four and a half hours probably, almost five hours to get there via car. You're talking, uh, I'm going to spitball it here, about 300 miles and change. Before that, you can get to Atlanta. You can get to Charlotte. Uh, you can get to... Um, you know, probably Birmingham in about the same amount of time. You can go up to, uh, you know, kind of Cincinnati before you can get to, to that point. Uh, so it's interesting in that after the comma comes Tennessee with this kid's name, but with Tennessee and the way they recruit, I know that in-state pride is something and it's tangible and it means something to some people, but uh, it seems like there it's just an unusual state here. It always has been in that Tennessee can go to Atlanta all these other places, Charlotte, Birmingham, before they can get to West Tennessee in some cases. So it's a different program in that way, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 definitely got some natural geographic challenges that, that we've seen plenty over the years, especially with Memphis obviously being, you know, five and a half hours away or, or, or however long it takes you to make that 380, 370-mile drive. It's a, it's a decent haul for a lot of kids from Memphis, and, you know, it's closer to several other SEC schools than it is to Tennessee's campus. Uh, Savannah is an interesting one because it's it's not an easy place to get to from Knoxville necessarily, but it's still pr- relatively close. It's right there on the border of, of Middle Tennessee, so not all the way out to Memphis. Definitely, the, definitely, definitely a pro UT town or pro UT county. I was say, yeah, every county but Shelby. Sort of, every county but Shelby is. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say part of that sort of rural uh, Middle Tennessee and West Tennessee base that where you see a lot of Tennessee fans, a higher percentage than even in Nashville and Memphis. So uh, a lot of Tennessee fans around him in his hometown. Uh, an interesting family dynamic too, because his stepmother is a big Tennessee fan and he has three stepbrothers who've all gone to Tennessee Two, I believe two have already graduated. One is still there and will be a senior this coming year. So uh, that, that part of his family, very, very uh, orange blood there. And, and certainly something like that can, can come into play at least a little bit. I think he was always very open to going somewhere other than Tennessee, but with the way they recruited him, the way Jeremy Pruitt, especially, took on a personal involvement in his recruitment uh, definitely I think s- s- helped to sway this one toward Tennessee in recent months. But yeah, that, that the geographic, the geographic challenges, one of the reasons that that Tennessee can't just assume that it can go down there and win a, a battle for a guy like Hudson Wolf in Savannah, because he can be at Alabama pretty quickly. He can be a, a, at Auburn pretty quickly, Ole Miss. So there's some, there's some schools just as close or closer than Tennessee. Uh, and that, that maybe takes away a little bit of that home state edge, but at the end of the day, 
I think the chance to play for his home state school did mean something to Hudson Wolf. And you keep hearing this with recruits in, in this class and in, in the previous class and classes beyond this. You keep hearing from a lot of guys how much Jeremy Pruitt's personal involvement in their recruitment is the difference. Uh, I know all head coaches have to recruit, but I'm telling you, this guy is different the way that he grinds after it on the trail the, the way an assistant coach does in his mind. I mean, the, just the personal investment and time he puts into these guys. You know, uh, we, we talked to the the kids. We just spoke to pretty much all the enrollees before they, they showed up, uh, you know, recently on campus. And they, to a man, every single one that I spoke with, said Jeremy Pruitt's personal involvement in their recruitment was the difference. I just think that's that's an interesting note because I, I don't think you hear that from places all over the country. A couple more things to get to before we get out of here, guys. I want to ask both of you this question because I think it's, it, it's that important uh, because this is a, a topic that comes up all the time. This would be the third in-state commitment for Tennessee in this class. With this particular class – uh, is this a combination of things in terms of maybe they don't love as many prospects in the state this cycle? Maybe they don't fit the program as well. Maybe they just have come up short with some of them or, or, or were they, they just like other guys better. Did other guys not fit? What, what, what has caused, cause there's no room for complaint with this class. You're, you're, you're where they are. You can't complain hardly about anything, but some people will say, I'd like to see more in-state guys in the group. I want to ask both of you this. I guess I'll start with Grant first, then Ryan. Why is that? Why haven't there been as many in-state guys in this class? I don't think it has to be an insult to in-state prospects or uh, an insult to the recruiting effort of the staff. Um, I think they went on a run and they, over the last few weeks and they had, um, you know, I think it's a matter of um, just kind of situational. Yeah. You, know, you, you you get prospects, and, and those prospects recruit other prospects, and you, you kind of get this momentum. Uh, and if you get if you get guys that want to get in the boat, you let them in the boat. If they're they're guys that you want in your class, I think you, regardless if they're from Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, wherever they are. I mean, obviously you want to protect your home state. You want to uh, do well with in-state prospects, but I don't think it's a necessarily a negative or uh, an insult that they've built this class so far from out of state and moved in, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a, it, it's a combination of things for sure. I think that this is definitely not quite as strong of a class as last year in the 2020 class where Tennessee signed 10 guys in state. Uh, you're definitely not going to see that every year. I think that tied, you know, if not the all time high, at least the modern era high for, for number of guys we've seen Tennessee sign in a single class uh, with that 2014 class that had Josh Malone and Jalen Hurd and Rashawn Gold and all those guys. So you're not going to see 10 every year, but uh, you know, obviously this state's got to the point where Tennessee can hope to sign seven or eight in-state guys in pretty much every class. And I think that could have been the case this year too. You know, maybe it still can, there's still a, at least a few guys out there, but uh, they've missed out on a few. You know, you've had some some natural challenges with guys like Jake Brining-Stool, a tight end committed to Clemson from Ravenwood High School over there in the Nashville area. Uh, that's a guy who who grew up in Lansing, Michigan. He, he didn't live in Tennessee his entire life. Uh, and even with deep ties to Michigan State, he was willing to go pretty much wherever and, and sort of fell in love with some of those schools that had been competing for national titles lately, including Clemson, and, and decided to go there. Dietrich Pennington, a guy they've made a major priority over in Memphis. Uh, they've been in a, in a battle for him he leaves them out of his final five recently. So you've had some challenges like that. Uh, and then you just lose a, a tight battle for junior Colson, the, the, the top linebacker over at Ravenwood who picked Michigan uh, not, not too long ago, but you've also had some guys they just haven't really wanted as badly as, as other players. So I think it's obviously a little bit of both, but the bottom line, it's not as deep of a class, certainly at the top as what we saw last year. 
and that's why from the start I, I kind of I kind of had a feeling this would be a class where you wouldn't see Tennessee sign more than seven or so guys in state. Now it's looking like that number might end up being five or six unless some things change, which always possible, especially the way the staff recruits. Uh, they're not going to give up on guys they want who are committed to other schools. Uh, last thing, guys, and, and we, uh, we're almost up against it here time-wise for a breaking news podcast, so I'm going to, Ryan, try to be quick about this if you can. When you look at um, sort of where – the numbers are in this class. We've already seen uh, Tennessee part ways with, with one commitment. Uh, I am positive that will not be the last time that happens in this class. Um, how much is managing numbers? Is I mean, it's a good problem to have, um, but are, are, is there still going to be some movement in this class? Because there's still a bunch of guys they're targeting and the numbers kind of don't add up. Uh, yeah, I can pretty much assure you there's going to be some movement in this class. You know, Nate Evans, you mentioned, you know, decommitting here recently and flipping to NC State. Uh, that was one where the writing was on the wall. I don't think you're necessarily going to see a mass exodus, but certainly with the number of early commitments they've gotten, the amount of developments that are almost guaranteed to happen in the coming months, you're going to see more turnover. They've only had two total decommitments in this class so far, and and Tennessee has uh, had nine last year alone in the 2020 class. So I think you're going to see more in this class, and it's just a matter of how many and when they happen. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. Ramey, unless you got anything. Let's just shout out to a former Tennessee head coach and who would say Hudson Wolf. That's a that's a I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned that and that's a good place to play. Thanks guys. <laughs> guys, you can find all of us on social media. On Twitter, you can go to West Rucker 24-7, Grant Ramey, you can go to Ryan Callahan 24-7 or P Brown 24-7. Go to Facebook.com slash GoVols 24-7 or GoVol or Twitter.com slash GoVols 24-7 if you want just Tennessee news and nothing else, or you can go directly to the source, GoVols. 247.com, that pure, unfiltered, delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water. And I'm going to tell you one thing before we get out of here, guys. I'm going to ask you one thing. Please go rate and review this podcast. There's nothing you can do that will help this podcast more. We do it for free. We're happy to do it. But please, please go in there, subscribe to it, rate it, and review it. There's nothing you can do out there that would help us more to grow this podcast. So please, please take just a few minutes out of your time, a couple minutes, maybe one minute, and do that. Thanks, guys. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.